That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hey everyone, Dr. Dave here. As you probably know, this podcast is all about getting the word out there that naturopathic medicine has got some serious game. Educating and inspiring our listeners to work towards and achieve better health is what it's all about. But just like it takes energy and effort to invest in and strive towards greater health, it takes energy, effort, and financial support to do all the podcast things necessary to keep this message coming at you. So please afford me a moment to share our gratitude and give a real heartfelt thank you to our show sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Their patient focus Focused vision of improving health outcomes with the use of high-quality naturopathic doctor-designed supplements is 100% in alignment with what we're trying to do here at the podcast. Their enthusiasm for supporting what we're trying to do for you, the listener, encourages us to keep producing content that will inform and inspire. Thanks again to our sponsor, Cytomatrix Canada. Okay, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. It's Dr. Dave here with Dr. Michelle. Hope Hi, everyone. Thanks for going? joining us. I'm good. I'm good. How are you today? Very excited. I was a little <laughs> yes. flustered getting started, if I'm if I'm totally honest, but I'm going to take some tips today from our guest. Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, this our, our conversation today is all going to be about supporting the dads and being a new dad, Dave, I guess, like it's a whole new juggling act that you're kind of embarking on these days, huh? Yeah, it, it, it is a whole new. The only thing really juggling is my little tummy with a dad bod sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> jiggling more than juggling but whatever uh, all in due time today our guest is dr rory gibbons he's a naturopathic doctor that practices in lower mainland of bc um he really strives to provide high quality care to his patients um throughout the province so i am i'm going to assume that that includes virtual care so anybody who's listening take notes um he has a clinical focus um for people who are struggling with fatigue low mood burnout weight gain common skin conditions and digestive issues with Dr. Dave and I love to chat about. But I think the biggest thing is that you're a father, that's your full-time job is like dad mode. And uh, that's kind of led you into a focus to helping other parents, especially dads with how they can begin to be more proactive about their health and well-being and mental health. Is that correct, Dr. Yes, Rory? absolutely. Um, thank you so much for that introduction. And yes, I love helping dads. And to, to add a little bit on to uh, patients um, who I see all yes. over BC, I do that because I am a virtual naturopathic doctor. And it's a, a new thing in BC. And there's only a few, few clinics that are uh, solely online and Virtual Health Collective is mm -hmm. one of those. And that's the, the online wellness clinic that my wife and I started up in July last year. You're fully virtual. How was that shift? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. There's definitely some challenges uh, because going from a traditional in-person clinic, in-person visit to virtual, there are a few little cons, right? Because you 
you see the person from the the neck up right right and so yeah. sometimes there's there's a need for a physical exam and a physical um yeah no a physical exam and in those cases i find the naturopathic doctor that's close to them in proximity or in, in their area which i usually will know someone uh, because our profession is you know small and yeah everyone yeah. seems like knows everyone and then i get them to go see that person for a quick physical exam and i kind of give the doctor a little bit of a an in, intro as to what might be going on it's always nice to get a new set of eyes on a person to get a new take right absolutely so i get to work from home and uh my commute is down the stairs which is <laughs> wonderful and i get to spend a lot of time with my little guys that are three and a half and uh, 11 months busy 11. yeah wow so things are busy right now and my goodness the juggling act is a real thing <laughs> sometimes like <laughs> literally sometimes literally <laughs> yeah, yeah i can imagine yeah we just I, I wouldn't have it any other way though right now like working from home and working virtually has allowed me to be a really active person in their life mm -hmm. and you know there's not i'm not saying that working a nine to five job is not a good thing um but this is the life that i am trying to create and what my wife and i are trying to create is like family first work second mm -hmm. which is nice. tricky because you need that work in order to support family right? yeah 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 so, yeah have you always had a bit of an interest in men's health or was it more when you became a dad that you're like there's a missing piece to the puzzle here both so in school i was i graduated as one male doctor in a, a group of 28 and so it was a small class but i was the only guy so <laughs> i was like okay well you guys are always focusing on women's health and and whatever else and i'm like i'm gonna i like men's health i'm gonna focus on men's health but i didn't really know what that meant mm -hmm. right? like men's health okay that's pretty vague now i know um yeah. and then <laughs> so i got out and i started practicing and learning about men's health and really like men don't go to the doctor and that's been a bit of a, a challenge as far as reaching them but since going virtual i've really narrowed down um, my focus in patients and so mm -hmm. i'm like i need to reach dads like mm -hmm. i need to reach dads we, i am more accessible than ever to them yep. and be, i feel like it's obviously speaking in generalities but dads don't usually go to the doctor they put they're putting everything else first until something bad happens mm -hmm. and so i'm like okay if i can make my practice easy and accessible to dads they will be more likely to see me get some preventative care you know become a more resilient better version of themselves um and be that strong person for their family like and so that's what I, I try to do with my dads is make them a more like resilient version of themselves and it's mm -hmm. going well mm -hmm. good. Mm. good good what what kind of dads are you normally working with or are you talking about like dads like well you know you've got you've got pretty young kids i got a seven month old like is that because i'm feeling the i'm feeling the pressures man like i told you before we start recording <laughs> yeah. like holy crap i'm feeling the pressures at times and you know falling on my face at times uh like on thursday february 24th um <laughs> but but i mean dad 
dad life just sort of changes and evolves. I mean, yes. you never stop being a dad once you're, but, but maybe you could focus on mm -hmm. like some of the dads that, or the, the problems that a lot of dads maybe know they have, but don't sort of reach out for. Yep, absolutely. So first thing, like what kind of dads am I seeing? You know, I was, if you talk to any marketing person, they go like, oh, well, who's your avatar? Who's your avatar? Right. 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 And I didn't really get that. And then I thought, and then I listened to one podcast. I think it was, I think it was a Megan Walker podcast. And she was like, you are your avatar. Mm. And I was mm. like, oh, that makes it way easier. I'm going to roll with that. Yeah. <laughs> what are my pain points? What are my things that I want? And so that's my, that's generally the dads that I see dads of younger kids. And to be more specific, like, dads that have kids usually under 15 ish right. yeah um definitely not limited to those people like i'll see um i'll see any any type of dad i got dads right. that are 70 that come and see me uh for other like men's health related issues not dad issues <laughs> um so i'm sorry what was the other question that you asked me there just sort of what's maybe what's sort of the presenting issues that maybe they mm. have or they don't they don't feel super comfortable reaching out maybe about but it's pretty common sure. themes mm -hmm. yeah the first one that comes right to mind is the feelings of overwhelm mm. and right now like, <laughs> like right now i know like Dave's, he's laughing because he gets it overwhelm yeah. is a real thing and it's something that it's hard to manage and and hard to admit because yeah. as a society we have apparently deemed the man in the family to to take it all on and not complain about it and it's okay to feel overwhelmed and it's okay to feel crappy about it um and i am here to, to help you realize that and to work through it. So overwhelm is something that's huge, especially in this work from home environment that we have suddenly adopted, right? Yep. Like dads prior to, well, in BC, March 12th, 2019, they were in the office, right? They go to the office and they drive 30 minutes. That's their some time by themselves. They go to the office and they, mm -hmm. you know, socialize and they do their work and they do whatever. And then they come home 30 minutes home and then they, be with the family and now their commute's gone so that recovery time is not there so they can't process mm -hmm. stuff and mm -hmm. which you know i don't like commuting so this is really great for me but some people really need that decompression time after work if they have a stressful job so it's now their stressful job is in their bedroom <laughs> like on their computer obviously right. and and in some cases like they have a desk literally in their bedroom and that's their office um, and that's like, we know that our brain is associating areas in the home with certain tasks. And mm -hmm. now we have an association of work in the bedroom or work in, in an office in your house. Like we're me melding these two things together and it's hard for people to separate those things. Mm -hmm. So what are, what are guys going through? Like, depression anxiety is showing up all the time wow. that overwhelm is being stuffed down and it's coming out in um, anxiety and feelings of depression and honestly i see a lot of imposter syndrome mm. that's occurring with my dads um, what do you mean by that imposter syndrome being like this little voice saying 
you're not good enough yet or you're not good right. enough as a dad and, mm. and it's just like it's such garbage because we are good enough like we are good enough and we can be yeah sure we can always be, be better in quotations but we are good enough and if we can stomp that voice out sooner than later man we, we've way farther ahead and i'm sure i feel like naturopathic doctors have a have a um, it's a common theme for naturopathic doctors to have imposter syndrome uh, yeah. at least in my circles it's like well i don't know well, like, for I don't know sure if I'm doing the right for thing sure. i'm doing the right thing like you yeah. may be doing the right thing you may be not but are you listening to the patient because that is sometimes the most important part for that yeah. person in your room or in front of you mm-hmm. yeah so like i talked a little more i just kind of went on a bit of a tangent about like anxiety and depression and overwhelm but physically guys are coming in and i'm running lab work and looking at their insulin levels and their blood mm-hmm. sugars and those things are going up and they're becoming more of an issue like they're not suddenly all diabetic but mm-hmm. they're going down the driveway yeah. on the road to diabetes and i wouldn't we wouldn't be picking that up if we weren't running fasting insulin mm-hmm. with these guys God bless mm-hmm. fasting insulin. Yeah. We talk about this a few times in our podcast. Mm-hmm. It's such an important measure. And- yeah, it is. And I just saw a post from Dr. Mark Hyman. Mm. Um, and like, he's a functional medicine doctor in the States, or I guess all over the world. Everyone kind of knows him, but he did a whole post on fasting insulin. And I just, I was just so happy to see that yeah. because yeah. it's such a great measure of, of how the pancreas is working and how, um, how we're metabolizing blood sugars. Yeah, it's, it's so important. I mean, I, I think I'm running it, Rory, on pretty much everyone. Like, you know, because people pay for stuff. I'm always like, okay, here's the cost of things. But I think it's very beneficial. And most people are, are keen on fasting insulin once you explain the, mm-hmm. the, the, the necessity of it, given that, you know, insulin and blood sugar are just so core to, uh, they're sort of foundational states, I tell people. They're sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. oxygen, you know, iron, <laughs> you know, like really basic pH, blood sugar. These are so, so core to, to, uh, you know, diagnosing what's wrong and, and maybe getting better. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I learned the other day is that fasting insulin isn't really run a whole lot in conventional system just due to insurance because it's and like it's, more expensive. It, it's wild. I, I will often send, we've talked about this uh, in previous podcasts. I'll often send people with a list to their medical doctors because they always want to see what they can get OHIP covered first. And they'll, almost always ignore the fasting insulin request. Mm-hmm. They'll do fasting glucose and HbA1c and say they don't need the fasting insulin. And then when I run it, I'm like, "Ooh, you're heading towards insulin mm. resistance." Right? Yeah. And it's and it's unfortunate that it's just not valued as part of a proper workup. So, and, and you're right, I've come across that myself. So, I, I tend to get people to run it independently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Like <laughs> Are, yeah. <laughs> do, you take, do you take the the insulin and the glucose levels and you put it into your home IR and then go? Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. And then for some people, I've actually even suggested they do the uh, two hour insulin glucose challenge to see how it runs over a two hour period oh, as okay. well. That's I'm starting idea. to get used to that one. That one's a little bit newer to me um, mm-hmm. because it does require a little bit more understanding of like mm-hmm. how things have to show up as a pattern. But interesting. Nobody one- runs. Yeah. The, nobody runs the fasting insulin. Not frequently, at least. Just as, as an aside, there's yeah. been a, a few patients recently 
that I've run fasting insulin on them and like their glucose, the fasting glucose is, is like, you know, it's, it's kind of high normal. Uh, A1C is fine. And then insulin is, and then the home IR is elevated. I'm like, well, this mm -hmm. is what happens, you know, um, you know, what else can happen? Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease can, can occur down the road. And then, and then two, two people individually like, Oh, I didn't tell you, but I had an ultrasound last year and I, and I, there was some fatty liver. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. Like important we're fact, putting, we're putting these things together. We're putting yeah. these things together. It's so funny so when you don't bring, when you don't bring something up, it's, it never comes out. <clears throat> like people, people take for granted a lot of stuff about their <clears throat> health or they just forget. It's not their main cause for coming in. But I think a big problem too is, is that a lot of doctors normalize it. I literally had a client come into my office the other day regarding fatty liver. And they said, um, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Because for your rage, everybody has a little bit of fatty liver as they start to age. And I was like, Ooh, is that normal? <laughs> Might be common, but yeah. definitely not normal. So, but so I think because it's also normalized sometimes by conventional medicine, people don't think that it's worthy to bring up. Yeah. I love that term. It's common, but not necessarily normal. I actually used that this morning with a patient. Um, I just love running blood work with patients. Like <laughs> I just love it. Like every single person that's coming in now, the last say six months, I've been doing either the healthy living assessment or the enhanced healthy living profile. Are you guys familiar with that one? Yeah. In, yeah. Our own? listeners may not be, be uh, uh, familiar with them, but what, what are the main ones you like? What, why do you love doing those? Maybe just give the listeners a bit of an idea of the main sure. nectar of those. Yeah. I nectar. love the healthy, the nectar. Yeah. I love it. The healthy living profile is a really great, like kind of catch all basic baseline blood work through life labs. Um, it looks at, you know, red blood cells, white blood cells, all the components of them, like hemoglobin. Um, it looks at iron, like ferritin levels, uh, kidney function, liver function, um, uh, general inflammation, CRP is in there. If someone hasn't had blood work done and lipids and glucose, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if people haven't had blood work done for like a year, but they've had it done previously, I usually will get them to send me the, the previous blood work and yeah. then give them the healthy living profile. Okay, let's just like get a nice baseline here. And we have the other yeah. stuff and I'm gonna go through that. We can add stuff on, add blood work on if we need to. Mm -hmm. um, for those people that have not done blood work for a while and are looking to, they're like, I wanna optimize and I wanna know, I wanna be screened for everything. I go, mm -hmm. let's do the enhanced healthy living profile. It's the healthy living profile the basic, basic bunch, I guess, plus vitamin D, 25-hydroxy vitamin D, uh, fasting insulin, and ESR, <clears throat> and vitamin yeah. B12. And I think it also has like folate or something in there. Like it has a few things, but mm -hmm. I feel like I like the enhanced one because like most people yeah. haven't had their vitamin D checked. They haven't mm -hmm. had their insulin checks. I'm like, we're right. just going to go with that one. <laughs> yeah, that right one, the that is kind of like the one that I, I immediately think, like, can this patient do should this patient do the enhanced healthy living profile? If they're already taking vitamin D, I'm like, well, I don't know how useful that would be um, mm -hmm. if they're doing and if they're doing 25 hydroxy vitamin D again. I find it's interesting because if they're still not where they're supposed to be and they've been taking oh. vitamin D, then I'm kind of like, okay. Well, yeah, you gotta think about fat absorption and maybe uh, liver gallbladder implications. Is what I now, usually now think you're, when people now you're speaking my language, Dave. Yeah, okay. Gallbladder. Just say gallbladder one. to her, Rory, and it, she gets excited. She loves it. So, I oh, really is that do. right? Okay. I really do. 
Oh, Roy, can you, can, so we yeah. talked about these, like, I love doing these, a lot of the blood work that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't do a panel, but I'm doing one that's very similar, uh, mm -hmm. including a lot of things you talked about. I always do inflammatory markers and I'll always encourage everyone to do inflammatory markers because of its implication and sort of an accurate assessment of ferritin as opposed mm. to a reactive, uh, you know, thing where ferritin is going up because you're inflamed or uh, have some infection, but relate this to the dads. Yeah. Bring, the, bring this, bring this back to the dad. So what are mm. you finding? What sort of patterns are you finding in these, when you run these, uh, you know, quite, quite thorough blood work, uh, and, and how it relates to what you think dads are going through these days? Yeah, for sure. So general pattern that I'm seeing with these dads and their blood work is an elevated fasting insulin in relation mm -hmm. to their glucose. Yeah. Um, and then creating, and then calculating the the, the HOMA, the insulin resistance um, yeah. mechanism there, that plus elevated cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so with those two elevated markers, I am seeing usually an increase in weight. Yes. Right. Which, and, and this is, this is, they're on their way to like metabolic disease yes and so for those dads that are listening or even the moms that are listening like what this means down the road elevated risk of cardiovascular events yes. like a heart attack or a or a, a, a stroke yeah. okay elevated risk of developing diabetes which has a bunch of other complications um those are things that are going to hurt you but the other implications of this metabolic disease is things like low mood, things mm -hmm. like low libido and sexual function, yeah. things mm -hmm. like low energy, low strength or, or less strength, translating to not able to show up for your family as much as you potentially could. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in, my, in my mind right now, it's like playing with my kids you know, going skiing with my kids in 10 years for five years, you know, like mm -hmm. I love cycling. Like I want to be able to do those things and do them well without pain and without, um, without stress. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm trying to highlight to my dads is like, let's get this in check now. Okay. Mm -hmm. They haven't had a heart attack usually, and they haven't had strokes. So let's prevent that from happening. Cause that can be really <laughs> debilitating. Absolutely. And it's not, it's not um, out of the question though, because I, I have seen a couple like, yeah, uh, sorry, some people in my life that have had a stroke at a young age at like mm -hmm. 30. And it's crazy. Wow. It's like impacted their lives so much. Um, young dad dad yeah. of like a yeah. two-year-old i was like yeah. how did you have a stroke at 32 that's incredible like you need to see me yeah. <laughs> it's having that preventative medicine kind of talk with them because a lot Absolutely. of people don't don't they wait until there's a big issue mm -hmm. and we would rather prevent the big issue now you mentioned something really interesting you said there's often a lot of weight gain where do you mm -hmm. find that happens for the dad so that to see if they can relate to this conversation and get like cues for themselves. I can show you, but it, come it's in. audio. I could show you. <laughs> yeah. So that cl the, the classic, like, um, weight, like fat mat or fat in, uh, accumulation pattern on men is around the waist. 
So if you feel like you're getting a little bit of a gut or your, uh, your pants are fitting tighter or you're having to use another belt loop or another belt altogether, like that's where you're going to see it on your body. And then that's where it usually accumulates first. And then you're going to see that, you know, travel upwards. Um, you're going to see like a, maybe an increase in uh, fat um, over the pecs mm-hmm. um, and then up into the face and neck. And so that's a general pattern for Starts sure. To, creeps its way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, you're going from that. You can confirm pack. that pattern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good so to then, know. So you're going from like that six pack to like the six pack in the cooler. Yeah, in situation. Oh my god. The keg. Oh my god. So, Dr. Rory, can you walk us through what like a typical dad health visit looks like? So, obviously mm-hmm. there's you've already laid out some of the lab work that you find valuable for that. What else would you kind of go through to help under to 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 work through a dad health visit? Yeah, so I do 60 minute long initial visits with my with my patients and we look at obviously what's going on like are you like how is mood that's a big one that i go over with every single patient what's mood and what's stress like so like how is work for you how is the work life integration going since the pandemic uh, has begun and is continuing um what's your relationship like with your kids and with your partner um and often there is stress that kind of comes up issues that come up that they're that they may not really even realize that we're there. They're like, oh yeah, you know, the last time we went on a date was like six months ago. Usually they go, that's my fault, Mm. right? That's what they Mm -hmm. usually just say is, Mm. well, that's probably my fault. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, Yeah, and so we talk about the the concern at hand um, and then we obviously go into what happened with their family. Like, how is your mom and dad healthy? Is there any autoimmune diseases there? Like what's your family's uh, history of cardiovascular events? And so with, usually it's a paternal pattern there. It's like, oh, well, my dad had a heart attack at 65 um, or my, my grandparents passed away of a stroke. So those types of, um, those types of questions about family history is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we look at things like energy and mood and, uh, we co- quantify stress levels and energy levels as much as we can. Kind of hard because it's people interpret them differently. But right. I do ask them again later, like in, in visits you know, four, six, eight weeks later, like how is on a scale of zero to 10, how is your stress lately after we've made these changes? Mm-hmm. Zero to 10, 10 being the worst you could ever imagine. Zero being nothing. Um, yeah, and then by the end of the visit, we'll have a loose plan in place. That's when I will say, okay, you need to do some blood work. Let's do this panel. I'm going to send it to you an email, take you to Life Labs, get her done. And we're going to see you in two weeks. And in the meantime, I want you to start drinking two liters of water a day. uh, And I want you to do a 10 minute walk. Hmm. 10 minute walk first thing in the morning, if you can manage it before you start work. Just Mm -hmm. a brisk walk outside. Um, In BC right now, it's like, we actually, it snowed last night, but overall it's like the temperature is hovering around zero. Um, I'm not sure what it is in Ontario right now, but it might be a little bit colder. It's, it's less than zero. It's less. Okay. <laughs> it's a bit bipolar here. It can go from like uh, minus 10 to 10 in a day. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So we just like do some basic 
lifestyle, some basic dietary uh, suggestions and lab work. And then on their mm -hmm. next visit, which is two weeks uh, away, then we get into like specific, you know, um, supplementation or medication even, uh, depending on their lab work mm -hmm. and some more specific dietary interventions. And uh, with a lot of my dads, like I'm testing out intermittent fasting with them. Mm -hmm. And it's just, sometimes it just make, gives people a guide. They just want me to tell them to, how to do it. Mm -hmm. and I find mm -hmm. intermittent fasting is an easy start to a dietary change because it's not mm -hmm. even, you're not really changing much food. You're just changing the interval at what they're eating. And so I right. usually start with like a 14 hour fast, which is honestly, it's not that long if you do it overnight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Do you guys do intermittent fasting with your patients? I, I do. I've talked about uh, time restricted feeding or time. restricted. Yeah, that's what I'm similar, referring to. Similar kind of thing. And uh, just um, what I what I find is I, I tell people because like just what you're saying in terms of a first step in compliance, it can be really good because I'm saying even if they eat like ice cream or whatever sort of like junky crap that they don't need me to tell them is bad to eat. I just say, why don't you just eat it like right after dinner? And so my sort of idea with them is to, to maybe just don't eat after dinner. So like if you, mm -hmm. uh, if you eat your normal breakfast, your normal lunch and your normal dinner, just stop then. And, you know, if you want that ice cream, don't, don't wait till nine o'clock before you go to bed and you're supposed to be drifting into somnolence. Uh, that's not how nature works. So I just say maybe have it before. And it's yeah. pretty easy because you're not depriving them. You're just saying, mm -hmm. okay, you can have it, but just do it at a different time. Yeah. And they're more likely to eat less of it. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. they already had their dinner. It's a good and, first step. Yeah. And I've noticed with with the time restricted feeding that people aren't like the extra calories that are sneaking in in the evening are, are no longer there. So like that extra beer or that yeah, extra yeah. half bag of um, kettle chips. Half a bag. <laughs> Crushing a whole bag in this house, yeah. let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a sneaky, yeah. it's a sneaky way of doing that. Um, yeah. yeah, it is a really, I mean, look, I'm not saying sneaky, but, but you know, what I mean, it is a clever way of, of doing that when the psychological impact seems to be a lot less. Yeah, for sure. Cool. That's, I feel like a lot of guys will, or a lot of patients in general, they like, I see a naturopathic doctor. So like, Oh, so I have to be vegan now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't have to be vegan. Yeah. No, you don't have no. to do all these weird, weird, uh, or you don't, I'm not saying vegans are weird, but um, you don't have to do all these like drastic extreme. Yeah. Extreme, yeah. extreme dietary changes. Like, yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I like being able to reassure patients that I am not going to put them on an extreme diet. Yeah. What, what yeah. do you, sorry. Do you find that there's a specific struggle that men have when it comes to dietary stuff? Do you feel like there's certain patterns that you see um, with regards to where they're kind of falling off of a, of, of a well-balanced meal? Like what are you, what, what patterns are you seeing with them? Um, the first or do you I, see any patterns? I do see a couple patterns. And one pattern that I've seen is actually alcohol increase. Mm. Um, so it's you know, something that maybe you don't really think about when it comes to diet, but you are consuming that as, as food mm -hmm. right and alcohol level has definitely increased mm -hmm. in the last couple week in the last couple of years yeah, especially um, yeah mm -hmm. and i feel like maybe a reason is that they're at home faster mm. you know they're like in their office downstairs like oh i have a beer waiting for me upstairs in the fridge i'm gonna go get it 
Um, or maybe there's less outlets to go do something else too, that, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I always thought like, you know, <clears throat> booze is really good if, if you're, you know, around boring people or boring situations, it just makes things a little bit less so. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as we have less, well, we have less stuff we can we could do for a long period of time, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. that's true. Boredom, we, just sheer boredom. I find people <laughs> are just drinking out of boredom these days. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, I don't have to drive to work tomorrow. So yeah, exactly. Whatever, it's not a big deal. But um, also to your, sorry, just also to your original comments of seeing a lot of anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. a lot of people self-medicate with alcohol too, for those reasons. So I imagine yeah. that's a contributing factor. Yeah, 100%. Um, so when it comes to like dietary patterns, that is kind of the number one thing I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you handle it, Rory? Like, okay, because alcohol is, I mean, that's a tough one. I mean, I, you know, I don't like, one. I don't like this, I don't like the saying, don't judge. Because if you didn't judge, like, you wouldn't be alive. I don't like, I, I mean, it, don't judge means don't be a <laughs> jerk. Like, don't be yeah. a jerk about judgments. But, you know, alcohol is estrogenic, it's a group one carcinogen. Uh, it's destroyed many a family, yeah. many a person. Uh, it's fun at parties once in a while. I get it, especially boring ones, like I said. Um, <laughs> but like, how do you get, what do you, how are you, how are you having that conversation around yeah. booze with dads? Yeah, that's a, if that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up because it, it, it can be, it has to be dealt with delicately, right? Like with everybody, because uh, yeah. they don't want to feel judged and I'm not judging them. Um, but I am connecting the dots between their alcohol use and their lab work. And mm-hmm. so when I can say your fasting insulin is, is getting up there and you're on the way to becoming insulin resistant and your cholesterol is coming up too, alcohol is, is not helping the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay? The alcohol is not helping the situation. It, it metabolizes into sugar. Um, it, the liver just defaults to dealing with alcohol. It doesn't yes. metabolize the other stuff. It just goes, oh, there's alcohol in the system. We got to deal with it it's just just not helping and so the way we i we never go cold turkey mm-hmm. um i'm always saying like here are some easy suggestions you're having you're having two tall boys two tall cans a night all right well let's go to two regular sized cans per night see how mm-hmm. that goes all right um right now the tall cans 475 mils i think it is they are really, really popular in the craft beer market. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to find the smaller ones sometimes. Mm -hmm. I try to explain to them, like, this has become a habit. Like, it's become a ritual. And so there is something to rituals that are calming. That's why I make a coffee every morning. I love that ritual. And so if we can keep the ritual, but change the the liquid in the can, yeah. then we could be getting somewhere. So mm. once we go like, okay, how do you feel about bringing down the alcohol level during the week? And they go, yeah, okay, let's do that. Let's do a beer plus a can of bubbly mm-hmm. water, right? So it's like no sugar, it's sparkly. You know, it's kind of similar. It's got the same when you open it. Yeah. You know, it sounds, it might sound silly to some people, but it's, it's a habit that we're trying to break. Mm-hmm. Pers- personally how i like whittled down my alcohol intake was was that was using um instead of having a beer i would have 
a bubbly water. And now, yeah. and then I was like, okay, I'm going to shift my alcohol consumption to the weekend. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was it. And that was hard. That was hard at first, just because some days I have really hard days. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I shifted to the weekend and then, and then we started, you know, bringing down um, the level of alcohol on the weekend. And just on a personal note, like when we decided to, to, to be vaccinated with the mRNA vaccines, I was like, I want to be in the best health of my life. Um, not just for vaccination, but if, if I have to deal with this of virus, course. I want to be the best health of my life. Absolutely. Of we are going to cut this right out. And so we've been, my wife and I have both been pretty, uh, really low on the alcohol level since the beginning of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. felt so much better. Yeah, and, and you probably these... benefited in so many ways beyond just yeah. your immune system. <laughs> totally, totally. Right? Like immune system, but also sleep improved, like body composition improved. And with these, with a lot of my dads that I'm seeing, their body composition is improving when we yeah. bring down that alcohol level. Yeah. Rightly mm-hmm. so. <laughs> yeah. And sleep and other, I mean, look, if I... I... I joke around with people. And I say, look, if I can make you have a great poop and like a good sleep, we're halfway done. I know. You know? Right? <laughs> and, and so like if, if anything you do improves sleep, man, that's like, that's like, mm-hmm. that's the sweet, sweet nectar of getting better. Do you, yeah, do you find say. that you have sleep issues with it, with the dads? I find like often working with a lot of moms, I find a lot mm-hmm. of moms have sleep issues because they've been inherently like triggered to wake up when the, the child makes a noise. Um, but do you find dads have any sleep issues with the extra stresses, especially through pandemic life and stuff? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. Like, usually my dads don't have an issue going to sleep. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I sleep. I fall asleep on the couch, but they're waking up around, you know, if their kids aren't waking them up, they're waking up around two or three in the, in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that we learned from traditional Chinese medicine, I don't know if you guys have heard about, heard this connection is that like that's liver time mm-hmm. two or two, three in the morning and liver is in Closing charge of time. dealing yeah. with stress. Right. And so when people are chronically stressed out, they're, they're, traditional Chinese medicine organ liver is is overwhelmed um, and makes them wake up two three o'clock in the morning it's like it's amazing when I ask them when do you wake up oh like two two or three I love asking that like 90 percent of the time it's crazy don't you I like suggesting asking. it too, guys? When you hey, let me guess when you wake up is around two, three. I know. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. how did you know? <laughs> I told you. Yeah. I know. It's pretty trippy. Yeah. People are like, what? He's some kind of witchcraft here. How <laughs> no, did you right? know that? Yeah, it's pretty yeah. wild. The Chinese medicine clock is super cool, especially for it those wake up neat. hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very neat. But yeah. so with my guys that are having trouble sleeping um, or trouble staying asleep, mm-hmm. like magnesium and GABA are kind of my go-tos mm-hmm. for getting yeah, people to keep sleeping, just keeping that sleep drive going. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. magnesium alone. I had one client who yep. took magnesium. They're like, what is this miracle thing that has <laughs> sleep me yeah. eight yeah. hours solid? She's like, I've never slept so well in my life. Yeah. And I was like, it's good old magnesium. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it doesn't work for everyone in that simplicity, but she was even shocked. I was shocked how quickly she responded to it. I was like, holy Hannah. Cause usually people have so much going on yeah. that magnesium just doesn't, doesn't alone, doesn't do the trick these days. And she responded just like a champ and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that you just go like yeah that's 
totally what I expected to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, in the back yes. of my mind, I'm like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, what a win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, such a good win. But honestly, so, magnesium, that's what will happen eventually is it should get you sleeping better. And if it doesn't, there, there, we need to, there's other things that we can use and other tools that we can use to get that person to sleep more soundly. Roy, are you seeing a, a correlation then? I, I was... I was sort of implied this correlation maybe mm -hmm. between alcohol and uh, metabolic markers like mm -hmm. cholesterol, maybe mm -hmm. specifically. Are you? And and then there's there's a there's a added question to that that you could maybe go into is what do you do about cholesterol? Because it's 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 a biomarker, right? And I I I sort of I sort of waffle with it. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's important. Then I go sometimes it's I feel like it's there's something else more important, and cholesterol is just like a a shadow it's not really the thing casting the shadow. It's, a, it's the shadow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, so are, so number part one, like, you know, alcohol and cholesterol, is there a thing that you see? And then beyond that, when cholesterol is an issue, what are you sort of doing? Yeah. So is alcohol and cholesterol connected? Um, that's, I generally see that. Yes. <laughs> Short answer. I just, yes. I, just, I just generally <laughs> see L, LDL cholesterol as being higher and HDL okay. cholesterol is generally lower. Mm. Not due to the alcohol, but probably due to the sedentary lifestyle. Okay. Right. And so I find that just those three things go in hand in hand, alcohol, LDL cholesterol, and insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. there's, there's just a pattern that's happening. Are you finding that triglycerides affected too? Because triglycerides with insulin mm. issues would probably be. Yeah. Not as much as I mm. was thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, uh, they have been elevated um, a few times, mm -hmm. but generally when we when we do our retest like eight ten months later they have come down because we mm -hmm. have improved exercise we've improved fibrous you know fiber in their diet right um, yeah and, and so there you go it's a good segue into like what the heck do we do about it yeah um, basic foundational naturopathic medicine yes. like, right? like <laughs> well eat better eat more vegetables yeah. eat more fiber because we know that the gallbladder is 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 squishing out cholesterol and fiber is binding to it and it's did you hear that michelle i heard my hear ears clear. my ears perked up anyway. right <laughs> i'm right bro right like you are right cholesterol is coming out of the gallbladder and coming out of the liver so let's not allow it to reabsorb because that's what mm. it happens people is that it reabsorbs when you don't bind it to a fiber and poop it out mm -hmm. yeah. so the there's this combination that is working it's like you increase fiber you improve digestion by getting them to go to the washroom every day, um, having a bowel movement every day. And then we were increasing physical activity. Mm -hmm. I try to get every single one of my dads doing some sort of strength training, mm -hmm. right? Because that is going to uh, bring up their HDL cholesterol. And, and that is protective, right? For cardiovascular disease. Um, we know that physical activity just helps reduce cardiovascular I mean, yeah. disease in general just um, good <laughs> it's just I, good I, for everything it's just good and yeah. i heard something the other day that strength training adding muscle mass to your body improves every single health marker available cool. i was like okay well i need to strength train more and yeah. like yeah. add muscle it improves immune system improves mood improves libido improves like hormone um, metabolism and it just doing those things consistently will improve your metabolic markers. Yeah. It works. It works. Mm -hmm. But you there's 
there's an accountability piece mm -hmm. that dads need, mm -hmm. right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, currently trying to figure out a way to keep them accountable, but have them not seeing me every week. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm so trying to work, work out a platform to be able to connect with the dads on a weekly basis that doesn't involve me doing so much um, yeah. hands-on work. Uh, yeah, so doing them consistently, that is when we get that change. And that is when we see that improvement in those blood markers, for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> consistency is key. And it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be grandiose kind of gestures of good health. It's just starting with one or two key things like you've mentioned yes. and being consistent, like two exactly. liters of water, walk for mm -hmm. 10 minutes every day, get that sunshine, get some fresh air, get some movement, maybe reduce your alcohol and add some more veggies on your plate. Like that alone can start to create a massive shift in someone. And then when they start to see that momentum, it propels them to take the next step. So that, that leads me to my next question, Rory. What are some other things that you'd find, what can men start to do currently beyond just the two liters of water and the list that we've already kind of put mm -hmm. out there is there anything else that you find um is good for for men to be, or dads specifically to begin to implement into into a consistent routine if they can for sure one uh, one other like healthcare practitioner that i could see is a counselor and that's one thing that i recommend to pretty much every single one of my patients Love i it. have a couple go-to people um that have access to virtual counseling Pretty much everyone does virtual counseling now. Um, the other things that they can do is like reduce their screen time. Mm. Okay, so like mm -hmm. re reduce your. your you mean phone what we tell time. our kids? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Redu well, <laughs> yes, I guess so. But like reduce phone time. Yeah. You know, like we you're at work for say fifty hours a week and you come home like have that dedicated home time as home time instead of mm. digital time and the amount of time that we spend on our phones is just it's so incredibly it's obscene now it's obscene and i mean i'm guilty like I, i'm guilty mm, where i'm just yeah. like i tell myself the same story i'm like get off your phone yeah and there's some tricks that we can do to get you off of your phone and can you share one? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like my phone's kind of shaming me lately. But well, <laughs> the, you can set, at least on Apple devices, you can set limits to apps. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I have a limit on how much time I can spend on my apps. And cool. uh, the good thing about it is that it gets really annoying to bypass it. So when mm -hmm. you open up an app and you're you're out of time it's like this little hourglass comes up it's like you're out of time for the day do you want right. to do you want to ignore this for the day or for 15 minutes uh, <laughs> but that does happens on every single app so there's that um, deleting the apps off of your phone like instagram and facebook right now are um, personally i'm struggling with them uh, so i've deleted them off my phone mm -hmm. uh, and that's been really really helpful Good for you. For sure. Thank you. Uh, and the last tip there might be a hard one for some people is to charge your phone in the kitchen overnight. Yeah. Ooh, which is going to be really tough. I like that one. Yeah. It, so it's not in the room. 100%. It's also, it's all based on that, like make bad habits like hard and make good habits easy. Yeah. yeah. Right. It really yep. is. Atomic habits. Have you heard that? Heard yeah, of that? I, Atomic I read it. Habits. Yeah. Yeah. I've just finished that one on. James Clear or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's a good one. <clears throat> Roy, I want to know, because we're, we're sort of winding down soon. I want to okay. know, what what do you think? Because there's guys that are coming. To, okay, we got BC people that can see you, BC dads that can see you. But in general, you know, I guess we'll do another part, two-part question. Who are, what are the guys reaching out to you saying? Because get, men are traditionally, conventionally, whatever you want to, I hope I don't offend anyone. It's hard not to these days, but <laughs> traditionally, conventionally, not, you know, vulnerability or whatever is not like our forte. And mm-hmm. so when I, when I come to Rory and I say, Rory, you know what? I'm depressed. Is that what guys come to you and say, or is there, is there one or two things that guys are coming to you? Cause they obviously don't come and say, Hey, I feel like my cholesterol is high or I feel like my insulin's high. Yeah. They're coming to you saying, I feel like this or whatever. And you can mm-hmm. tell me more about that. Sure. But then the other thing, the other part of the question is for the guys that aren't coming to, to say something to you, like, Hey, uh, they're not, they're maybe either they're not aware of it or they're, their vulnerability threshold is higher or whatever. What do they need to hear from someone like you so that they can actually like bridge that gap to actually come in? Sure. Ooh. So what are guys saying when they come and see me mm-hmm. for the first time? Um, usually one of often one thing is like, my wife told me to come see you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing that checks out. <laughs> yep. That's yeah. You probably heard that. And um, the other thing is, I'm tired all the time and I think I'm getting fatter. Mm. Um, And then as the conversation progresses, we get into mood. Like fatigue Mm. is, is also translating into feelings of sadness, feelings of depression. And one thing I didn't bring up, actually I wanted, I should have brought up earlier, but is paternal postpartum depression is, is a real, like, it's a thing. It's a thing, but it's not really recognized and like, really yeah didn't even know yeah so maybe that's another topic for another day uh but if you are a dad that has just had a child or second child and you're feeling sad when Mm. everyone tells you you should feel happy that you have a healthy child like that is something that is is more common than you think and you are not alone oh i love that you brought that up yeah, thank you. Um, and then for those dads that are, that this is not even on the radar to see an advocate doctor, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that there may come a day where something will happen either physically or mentally to you that you'll say, I need to get my crap together and, and live longer for my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I was chatting with a colleague the other day and they said that something weird happens at 40 years old where men realize that they are no longer invincible and that Mm -hmm. they are dying they will die someday and they will they need to get a screen for everything um for every disease but we obviously can't screen for every disease Mm -hmm. and um i mean for those dads listening that are on the fence like you're making an investment in your in yourself so you can spend that extra time with your family and so when you are the better best version of yourself your family is the best version of themselves yeah. beautiful okay. thank yeah. you yeah um so i just encourage people like give give naturopathic medicine a chance like give me a chance and mm-hmm. and like we can do so much stuff Mm-hmm. so many amazing things for people 
Um, I just, yeah. I, I, and you can be that example, right? You can like yeah. set that example and be that example. Mm -hmm. Like and lead by example as a dad. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Because your kids are going to see what you do. They're not going to care as much as what you say. So if you have to set so an example. Mm -hmm. And the, the kids are always watching. They're like information sponges, man. Oh, gosh, yeah. You got to watch out, man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, lead by example for your children, but just mm -hmm. also for yourself. I think it's really important that people start to um, acknowledge that they can factor themselves into the equation. And I think parents in general just don't, moms and dads. There's a habit of not factoring themselves in. And that goes for the dads too, as obviously we've laid out in this conversation. So thank you for bringing that to the platform, Rory. We really yeah. appreciate this. And I think, I really hope that this touches, um, touches the hearts and minds of more men so they can start being proactive and preventative. They don't have to hit that 40 and be like, oh my God, I got to, I got to do all the things now, right? Like <laughs> yeah. if you start now, yeah. you'll never hit that that breaking point, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Rory, I do want to wrap it up with letting the the viewers know that you have a stress and mood webinar that you have available mm. on YouTube, correct? Yep. Can That's you tell us a little right. bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. So it's in conjunction with CanPrev and, uh, well, there's probably three recordings up there now. The la nice. latest one I did was, was Choices Market in, um, in BC, um, but you can there's some other sponsors. I think it was like Healthy Planet, Big Carrot out in the greater Toronto area. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So in this webinar, I go through like what kind of what stress is, what's distress, what's you stress, like what are some things to look out for that you may not be uh, considering as a stressful event and how it takes a toll on our body, what hormones are, are involved and what parts of the central nervous system are involved. Then we get into like lifestyle interventions and dietary things you can do. And then from there, uh, we talk about uh, specific nutrients and, and herbals <clears throat> to kind of help deal with the stresses at hand and how to become more resilient uh, beings, basically. Uh, one, like, one thing I just wanted to bring up is this, right at the end of the, the presentation, I talk about a, a herb called saffron, mm. and it's really amazing little herb. I'm just really fascinated by it. That's why I'm bringing it up. It has some really great clinical trials behind it in regards to comparing uh, its effects with uh, imipramine and fluoxetine, which are two SSRIs that are commonly prescribed. And I gotta tell you, I've been using this, this herb with my patients and really seeing some great effects. Yeah. So, it's also in a formula I just gave to a client of mine um, for improving libido and testosterone as well. So yeah. for those men. Right. You know, you hit that up with some ashwagandha and mm -hmm. uh, some zinc, and it's a nice little combo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ashwagandha. My goodness, I know. there's some. The strength of a thousand horses. Is that what it translates to? Ashwagandha or something like that? I think that? you're it's, right. It's amazing. Right. So, Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So Rory, um, um, Dr. Rory, if they want to reach this, they can Google this on YouTube, but I think we'll put the link in our podcast. Uh, we'll add it to the description of the podcast. We can add a link to the, to these webinars. If anybody wants to catch, it's the end of the podcast. I can't talk sure, anymore, sure. guys. If anybody wants to catch that, we'll put a link for, uh, the webinars available into our description of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining Excellent. us and bringing this information to our listeners. Thank you so much for having me and, and doing this wonderful podcast. I love the conversation uh, today. And um, yeah, have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. You as well. Thank you so much, Rory. Thanks. That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there.